Hey, welcome to episode 8. We have a guest today named Shafaat. So, Shafaat is someone I know from work uh, when I was working at the cinema last time. So, tell me about yourself. Oh, uh, he- hello. Uh, yes, uh, I'm, I'm 20 this year and like um, trying to pursue a, a business degree, a diploma. Fuck. I also like read articles from time to time. Uh. Yeah, I mean intellectual or whatever. Electric guitar is so cool. Like I, yeah, electric guitar. Sorry, I had like a one lesson on electric guitar. Then I quit cause my fingers were like not flexible enough. I, I have a problem as well cause like like my hands not that big, you know. So like it gets hard to like reach the string. But you know they say um it doesn't matter how big or like long your fingers are. Like if you can do it, you can do it. Uh. It's the willpower, it's about the drive. You know what song you're learning? Oh, I've been trying to learn uh, Fear of the Dark by like Iron Maiden. Uh, metal song. Yeah, I watch on YouTube basically. Uh, also, uh, you gain some weight? No, la, just kidding. No, la, you know, just kidding. Uh, I let myself go basically. I, I haven't been like working out like last year. Trying to get back soon, la, as soon as possible. But like for now, I just take it easy. Because the last time I met you, you said you wanted to go to the gym yeah. after you finished your internship at the cinema. But what happened to that? No lah, just kidding. Uh, okay, talking about that, right? Like some people say you shouldn't talk about or mention about people's weight or looks. Well, how do you feel about that? It's more of like a reminder for me. I want to like be motivated all the time. Like I don't want to try to like yeah. be off- offended as like easily as possible. Like if there's like criticism, then like I want to try to accept accept it. Uh. What are some of your fitness goals? Six pack F. <laughs> You're into those like weightlifting stuff, lah. I just want the physique. Oh, uh, just so like more of the lean kind of look, lah. A lot of like bodybuilders and like people who work out, right? They have a lot of like uh, problems with their body. Like, uh, have you heard of like the term uh, body dysmorphia? A lot of them face that. I don't want to like fall into that abyss. I want to like keep healthy diet, eat a lot, and like still look, you know. Muscle. Some people who look good are not mentally healthy. Like what you say just now about body dysmorphia. Yeah, that's true. Like a lot of people who actually look good, right? They're actually very mentally unhealthy. They will go on like strict diet. They will abuse the stomach. But to you, is your physique or like your health more important or both? I feel like both matters for me. Uh, because when you look better eh, or when you think you look better, you have like this uh, self-esteem boost. You go about your day better. You know the way you appear to others is uh, on a higher level. Uh. Basically, how it affects your mental health, it will like reflect on your body as well. Your overall health will be much better. Um, me and Ashura were talking about, we have recorded like an episode about body image issues, but it wasn't posted due to certain reasons. Yeah, due to some reasons. So I was talking about how I was upset about when I was in ITE, there was like a plus size guy and then we were playing games lah. It was during like a life skill lesson so everyone had to bond, it was with the class. I don't know what game it was but it involved a lot of like running around the class and then this guy has always been the butt of the joke of the class. Like everyone always laughed at him and then like suddenly he fell down and then he like hit a table. <laughs> So he like hit like a series of tables uh, like you know domino effect like that. Then everyone laughed at him and everyone was like taking photos of him and videos. And I could see that everyone was like laughing at him like outwardly. You know, they were not even trying to hide their laugh. So I was upset about that. Yeah and then 
Ashura <laughs> What did you say Ashura? Then I made a joke lah um, That's one of the reasons why She was not in the class by the way Because we were talking about it in the previous podcast The episode that we didn't post because um, There were some things that we were unsure about So basically I made a lot of fat phobic jokes lah So we were unsure whether or not it was appropriate for us to post such an episode so we'll be discussing about like offensive jokes and when it's okay for us to make them so this is a joke that i made i said that what if when he fell and he got up the the floor had a dent and like i could tell when i made that joke you know tiara was there julia was there they looked at me in shock like how why the fuck did you just make that joke like why why that joke i guess the reason why the joke didn't work is because i'm a skinny person So it looks like I'm looking down at fat people when I make a fat joke. To me, it's funny because I know that I'm not fat phobic. I don't look at fat people that way. So what what do you think? Should I have not made that joke? I, I think it's it's okay to like have some friendly banter, you know. I mean like, unless like it gets to a point where it's an actual insult. It's in real life, then like, I will make fun of you. But like, when you said that like, in that situation, people are like taking photos and videos. I think that's like, oh, I, yeah, I think that, that's quite fucked up. Uh. Laughing is okay. Like... Uh, p- uh, like I am a yeah I, I'm a joker myself you know I like to laugh at people people like to laugh at me and like it goes both ways you know it likes it makes the um, it lightens up the mood you know but like if it's like harassing when like you post it online and, and shit like that then like yeah it, it's just fucked up uh. I mean it's funny to an extent but I feel like I have the privilege <laughs> to like make those kind of jokes because okay no actually I don't because I'm not that fat but basically the bottom line is like Skinny people shouldn't make fat jokes. Like, it just doesn't, you know, sit well, sit right. So what kind of jokes are offensive to you guys? Like, something that you guys will never joke about? I think it's okay to joke about everything as long as the context is clear. Like, you, it's very clear like you're joking and not harassing someone. Like, if my Chinese non-Muslim friend were to make an Islamic-phobic joke, I wouldn't take offense if I know for sure that they're not Islamophobic. Because we're close friends and they make like a terrorist joke, I wouldn't be offended. So I think offensive jokes itself is not a problem. The problem is that people don't know you're joking. You know? Yeah. So you face like Islamophobic jokes before, right? By your close friend. Or just a friend. But then you you were not offended. Um this person I was in a group chat with my friends. Like just acquaintances, like not really friends. And then one of the guys was like, Ashura, are you open minded? Then you know, you know that question is always a trap. But that was the first time someone asked me the question, so I was like, I thought he was trying to open up about something personal, like personal life story. So yeah, yeah, I listen to anything you say. And then he made a Mia Khalifa joke. You know who's Mia Khalifa? Then he said, <laughs> Yeah. I like how you were expecting, like you know, some deep, some deep topic, you know, to come and then bam, you got like yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's freaking Islamophobic joke. Then he was like, Do you get it? Do you get the joke? Yeah, I said, yeah, I got it, but I don't think it's funny. So, yeah. Should have, like, Uno reverse in, you know, just make the joke. It's funnier. Criticize, like, give pointers. Send me my whole Google Doc. Has anyone been racist or offensive to you? A lot, lah, basically. But, like, uh, my first few jokes, those are jokes, like, when I got, ex- I experienced it was, like, in, like, secondary school. And that's when, like, you know, puberty happens. So I took everything, like, personally even if it was my close friends and then uh, yeah, I'll just lash out at them because I'm like I- Indonesian and then like it happened during the time where like uh, Indonesia was causing the haze and shit they made fun of me and then like told me to go back to my country and continue burning the stuff <laughs> I don't think that's a joke I think this this just being rude yeah how, how do you tell the difference between like 
actual harassment and jokes. It can be both at the same time. Yeah, I think you can harass someone through jokes. Isn't that always the case? Right. Then they will like diss you. Then they'll be like, oh, I'm not joking. Don't take it seriously, bro. Yeah, do you feel like the receiving party is also part of it? Like, like how they take it, how they take the joke, or how they interpret what the other person is saying? I think the responsibility is on the person who's making the joke. If you are offended by someone who says something offensive, it's not your fault. Yeah. If I made a fat joke and a fat person was like, that's offensive, I wouldn't make that joke anymore. If that's not the responsibility of the fat person. I might have a different intent, but my words still have an impact, regardless of my intent. Yeah. So, like, I guess I would only make the Indonesian joke if I was I was a really good friend to Shafat. Like, he knows that I care for him. He knows that I support him as a, as a whole. Then, only then I would feel comfortable making that joke. Yeah. Like what you said, context is important. Like... What's your friendship like? What's your relationship with this person like? I guess if I wanted to make that dent joke about the fat guy falling and making a dent, no, I have to like, like, <laughs> yeah, I have to, I have to be fat first before I can make a joke. No lah, like before that, before making the joke, I should like say some body positivity thing to make sure like people know my thoughts and stance on fat people before I can make that joke. Skinny girl making fat jokes don't learn. Lesson learned. So I can never ever make a fat phobic joke. I cannot make fun of fat people. It depends on the context. We should have like a token fat person here from every time I want to make a fat joke. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, I know that being fat is a huge thing in society. I, I feel like if you're fat, your life is going to be hard. And it's because people just look down on fat people. But it's just like really stupid because for me personally, body weight does not affect your attractiveness. Have you made fat jokes or received fat jokes? No, uh, up to my like up to like puberty basically, I was humongous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have like pictures up, but like mm. very. But people say I look like Mr. Bean. Uh. <laughs> my like obesity like went away because like I got dengue twice and like had no appetite for like the course of few months uh. So I like, it just all vanished, and then yeah, I got a lot of fat jokes back then. Back then, uh. yeah, I also made fun of fat people before. Uh. So, like, but like it's like I make fun of those that I'm close with and like I know that if it's uncomfortable for them they will speak up cause like I, I feel like it, uh, when it comes to jokes like it goes both ways like how the party like the second party uh, receives it as well cause like if like you make fun of me right and like I don't speak up about it and like <laughs> and I do and I do that and then like the person making the joke won't know that you know uh, you're not okay with that joke uh. so like yeah, that, that's my that's why I think uh. So like always, uh, if you're uncomfortable about, about it, like, just speak up, uh, basically. And if they don't change or like stop joking offensive things with you, then just cut them off, I guess. Yeah, cause they're shitty friends and shitty and shitty people. So we were talking about body consciousness also. So I was asking Ashura <laughs> because she's very skinny. Yeah, Ashura is a very skinny person. I was like asking her, do you wake up every day <laughs> and I like, remember you're skinny? <laughs> Because as a person who who struggles with weight and like body image issues like most of my life, most of my life since I was since I hit puberty, I think like since I was thirteen or something like that, I've always had problems with myself. And then I consume media where they give unrealistic beauty standards to us, right? So sometimes it goes through my mind like must be nice to not ever think about how I look or be so conscious about my body. Yeah. Being skinny is not even something that I think about. 
you know it's something that everyone points out a- actually even today just now when I, I told you the story when I was teaching my 10 year old kid yeah 10 year old and she like she just like put her her fingers around my arms like it's so skinny uh. I feel like that's quite sad eh? as a 10 year old you're already like looking at other people's body and commenting on them you will carry that until you are old you know so I hope that she realises at some point of her life that it doesn't matter lah one thing I hate about skinny people, right, is like when they say, oh, I'm so sad because people always tell me I'm skinny and I have to eat more. Like, shut the fuck up lah. So, yeah, skinny people should just shut up. Sometimes, like, I, I do feel, like, conscious about my body. And, like, every time, no, it, it sucks, you know, basically. Like, every time you look into the mirror and then, like, you see that. But, like, I'm not so, like, obsessed about it. I'm not so obsessed about it, like, because, like, I really just want to live my life uh, at this point and then like if an opinion matters it should only be mine uh, unless like it's constructive or like opinions you know and I might be getting a bit too dark and deep right but then when I have body issues or like I don't like the way that I look that day sometimes I will look into the mirror and be like your body is temporary you know this life is temporary and then your body is nothing in at the end of the day. You're gonna rot. No one's gonna remember like how fat or skinny you were when you die. Seriously. So it's really like your personality or there are so many things that are more attractive than just your looks. Do you think like fat and unhealthy people, like not just fat people but like extremely skinny people should be proud of their body? Yeah, extremely skinny or like really unhealthy obese people should they be accepting of their body or should they try to change it i saw a post recently they said that if everyone had the same diet and ate the same thing right everyone would still have different kind of kinds of bodies because your genetics are if you okay you have naturally plump genetics right but you are still healthy i think it's okay you can be proud of your body because you know you've done your part to to stay healthy and to be healthy like you might be running every day, you might be exercising like crazy, but some people will stay in that bigger size in, in the eyes of like society and stuff. If they are unhealthy, then they shouldn't be proud of their body. But isn't that like against body positivity? I thought body positivity was about being healthy, no matter how you look. I don't really know what body positivity is. Body positivity is like accepting your body for what it is. But that could also mean that you're obese and anorexic. So, what do you think? It shouldn't be that way lah. Because you're right, like, body positivity, like the campaign, they, a lot of plus size or obese people, they take pride in their, like, how they look, and they don't really talk about the health part, you know? I like to, like, study, like, philosophy on my own free time. Uh, if you know about philosophy, you know about uh, fa- the famous philosopher Plato. One of uh, his moral like policies I would call it is to always improve life is not about like accepting who you are you can accept who you are you know but, like, you can be grateful for who you are appreciate all this but like you also want to have the will to move forward and do better for yourself and others I feel that is important especially like when it comes to your body as well you are really affecting yourself if you're not doing much for your body you know if you like you stick to the same old routine and like do the same thing you always do I feel like in life the most important thing is imp- improvement. Uh. I feel like that's human nature, essentially. Improvement. That's what we've been doing. Uh. I feel that a lot of people would respond to that with, it's my life, why I want to live however I want. But I 
I really think that if you do not treat your body well, you will not be happy. You can convince yourself with, with like, oh, I'm happy being fat and like my organs are dying and I can barely breathe. Like you, you can convince yourself that that is how you define a successful life. You're literally just like living a life of deception and just being in denial that you're unhappy, you know. So how long can you like lie to yourself that you are happy while you are like, <laughs> like what she said, like on life support and stuff. <laughs> you're in a hospital bed you yeah yeah I'm happy <laughs> <laughs> I think like a lot of people like learn like philosophy can agree on this and it's like a huge dark hole like if you like study philosophy because like I wanted to study because like you know I thought like it would help me like answer the life's biggest questions you know Ooh, why do we live like what all, th- all this stuff lah I learn and learn and like it gets really dark. You come out of it having more questions than having the your questions answered. And then you just basically question everything in your life. Like, you know, what's the point of this? What's the point of that? It gets just it just gets very dark. But like it's up to you. I, I still find it cool. I don't get obsessed on it like I used before like I used to before. So like it's just a hobby thing uh, at this point. I'm I don't study philosophy but I always I always had this perception of how philosophical questions should not be answered by philosophy. Like, uh, what what's a philosophy question that's usually ah why humans are always chasing things? I feel like they should take a more scientific approach rather than a philosophical approach. Like study the mind of a person. You know, use um anthropology, the study of cultures, sociology, or you know a psychologist approach. You know, I don't know if I'm wrong or what. I feel like a lot of philosophers will say that science wouldn't be able to help that like answer philosophical questions because the human brain is so complex and it's beyond science. I don't know. I, d- I feel like that's something they would say. Basically, each philo- philosopher like follows their own philosophy or like uh, how do I say a branched out philosophy of another philosopher, and then like uh, the ones I'm more interested in are those that. Uh, do like psychoanalysis so like they study the brain and like like they talk about like how like the brain affects how we do things and like it's basically like psychology and philosophy I feel like that's uh, one of the best ways to like uh, move forward there's also this philosopher that uh, says that if you want to like uh, do well in life or whatever like or your purpose in life right is basically to like study more about the world that includes like mathematics all the like basically everything i be, i want to do that la, in the future i want to like educate myself in like almost every area yeah so i feel fulfilled la. it's not like on its own i didn't know that there was an overlapping subject between uh philosophy and psychology i think that's good because you cannot you cannot uh hypothesize in a vacuum you know you need some data to like work with so the fact that you work with psychologists and Neurologists, like people who study the brain, cause like that's where thoughts and emotions and personal problems come from, right? Yeah, they're not like coming up theories from thin air. I think the most important thing is to be true to what makes you happy, lah. You know, not and not like base your self worth based on other people, which is so difficult. Because like in a society, you still have like those tribalistic mindset, wanting to appease the tribe so you feel included, so that you don't feel alone in the world, right? So we still have that need to like appeal to the masses. A lot of people that I see around me, they they subject to doing things that, that don't actually make them happy. 
you know how they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder and it's true because everyone has different ideas of what beauty is like for my sister yeah tiara i'm outing you like she says she likes people with acne then i'm like oh okay that's cool like that's beautiful to her and she likes plus size people you know not overweight lah it's more to like being plump do you think beauty in a person is objective or do you think it's like subjective i feel like it's really based on individual opinion also like there's also a, like a fun fact uh, basically for you like males right they tend to find uh, females who slightly resemble their moms to be more attractive it is weird you know but like what's that uh, i don't know if it's the same for females i know it's the it's like uh, it's like that for males it's like some psychological fact i learned yeah it's crazy you know because like basically um, who you love right reflects how your parents are and like how you behave to them reflects on how your parents are provided towards you provided that you have a good relationship with them lah no so it's like if they are abusive to you like beating you down you would still want someone who looks like them yeah that's why um people who have abusive fathers usually go for like guys who abuse them i mean it's so messed up like why would you do that to yourself as long as they give off like the vibe as i would call it uh that they are like your parents or something like that right then they will be naturally attracted you know and like some of them like are conscious most uh, a lot of people i know are conscious of how like toxic their partners are and yet they still want it i don't know humans are just like that we, i don't know why they don't want to like look beyond and like try to like do better right we are, we are all stuck like, in our own ways uh, in a cycle of like punishing ourselves uh. And it's sad, ah. I think like one of the eye-opening things to know, right, is like a lot of the issues you face, right, are really like childhood. The your basically product of your parents or like how they brought you up, you know, like. And if they weren't there, then like it could be a huge problem. That's why personally, I I I don't want to like have kids unless I I think I'm ready, ah. Right. And if I'm not like, if I haven't resolved my like traumatic like issues, then I would yeah. Nah, I, w- I, d- I wouldn't want to have kids. Uh. <laughs> you got kids only, you just abort lah. You know, like, what if you're not ready, then you got kids. Yeah, what would you actually do if you if you weren't ready to be a father and then suddenly, uh, yeah, you have a kid? Par- parents boot camp. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for like those style of courses to like, yeah, something like that. Uh, basically, like, just to like ready myself up for like kids. Because uh, like, it's a heavy burden, you know. Like a lot of parents think that, oh, you should be grateful to me because, like, uh, I'm supporting you. I've been supporting you since you were a kid. But like, they forget. Yeah, it's your responsibility. Having a life, you know, a life that is crazy, you know. Like, it's your responsibility. And like, not a lot of people, not a lot of adults know that, and they still like choose to carry on to have kids. That's why a lot of us have trauma. Right. Yeah, like I find it easy to forgive them. When I started seeing my parents as individuals, as just like adults, you know, they are also traumatized by their parents. Yeah, that's how I started seeing my mom as a child of her mom lah. Because I saw how my grandmother, I I started to think about how my grandmother might have traumatized my mom. So I understand why my mom, she had her slip ups and like her flaws lah as a person, as a human being. Um, trauma is inevitable lah. Many people who have healthy families and like functional families their trauma always comes from experiences that they let themselves in you know you know what i mean like friends the the bad company those kind of things from school true i feel like 
if like there's a mission right in life right i think like one of them would be like to break that cycle uh, of like trauma like do your best to minimize it so that it doesn't reflect onto your children because like it's your problem don't like make it theirs and then if they have that problem then it's for them to settle as well i think the most important thing is basically just break the cycle uh. irresponsible parents they take pregnancy as very casual not casual but lightly they take it lightly they think it's just like another human being but actually you are not only affecting your child but the people that they're going to meet so y- you're not just taking care of one child you're taking care of like a generation uh, i don't know if that makes sense like w- why do you think people do are not serious about their children like so many kids are abandoned i think it's just they don't value just life itself you know just it's really them being ignorant uh, i think and lately i have been watching a lot of like criminal psychology kind of videos and I see all these criminals and uh, I always like kind of to a certain extent I sympathize with them I'm like how did you become this messed up you know what happened in your life that made you like this you know it's what you said just now it's about you know you bringing not only bringing one life to this you like affecting the whole generation and that life will affect other lives as well if you don't raise up a child properly then they will like be a a freaking school shooter or something like that they will harm other people which is messed up lah so you it's easy to say lah be a good parent try your best i feel like there's no way that you try your best as a parent and your child will be very fucked up there's no way i feel like if you try your best like i was raised by a single mother right and she even though like i have like some trauma because obviously single mother family always got trauma one but i feel like the fact that she try her best then i'm okay what you know i'm i'm not like killing other people <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like you know stealing and stuff so as long as you try your very best and you see and you take your res- your responsibility as a parent seriously there's no way that your child will be a fuck up there's no way I don't think so and even if they are fucked up right it's more to their mental health it's always towards themselves they are like internal thing they won't put it on others because because you're a good parent and stuff and they know like basic manners and like values <coughs> What about you? Is there anything you think that no way anyone can find this attractive? People below 14. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, depends on how old you are. Honestly, it's just the attitude and like, uh, personality for me, really. Uh. But like, obviously, I would want an attractive partner. Ob- obviously, I think like, uh, I, I wouldn't lie. Uh. And then like, but personality is like, on top of attractiveness. A lot of people might argue with that. They will say looks will obi- always be number one. Like when you meet a person, you will always like think about how pretty or handsome they are first. And then you will like form your decision whether you will like them based on your personality and stuff. If you're ugly, even though if you have a good personality, then they won't consider you. Like you have to pass the appearance exam first. Um, I think, right, like you don't meet the beauty standards in Singapore or whatever. You should still care about how you look like. You should be hygienic. You should, you know, at least be presentable. I think you should have a responsibility to at least not make people uncomfortable with, like, your lack of hygiene and lack of neatness. If you look, like, mussy, crusty, as dusty, as bitch, I don't want to date you. You know what I mean? Your hair at least comb lah. At least comb. Your eyebrow at least comb properly. <laughs> if you got bullied eyebrows, please comb properly. Or, like, your moustache or whatever. It's so right. Your partner like your mom. No, actually, uh, it is crazy. You know, she's not like my mom. 
They say hi, Nicole. Hello, Nicole. Hi, Nicole. What's up? Hey. It, it, like even before uh, finding out about that that weird uh, connection between like your partner and your parents, right? Uh, I've noticed that I feel happy. Uh, feel like content when she acts like my mother in a way. Basically, whenever like uh, my girlfriend like resembles like acts that my mother would do uh, when I was a kid, like take care of me when I have a fever. Yeah, yeah, like very nurturing, just very nurturing. It makes me really happy, uh, basically. Well, I I have a question to ask you guys. Like, what if, what if let's say you guys you guys are like compatible with this person, but this person is disabled. Let's say he or she cannot was born without the ability to walk, or had she he or she has cerebral palsy. You know, do you think it's irresponsible if you have children with that person? That's a good question. Even if two able-bodied person uh, reproduce, then that doesn't mean that their child would be a hundred percent able, right? It could be there's a possibility that the the child is also disabled. But when you make a child with a hundred percent disabled person, there's a higher chance that your child will be disabled. So isn't it irresponsible for you to bring that kind of child to the world? Because you know that there's a higher chance, what? Of course, like even if you are a disabled person, you deserve to live life to the fullest, right? You should, if you want, if you have like this desire to have a family, I feel like it's also wrong to stop you from doing that. But to like bring children who are disabled and you know a hundred percent or like a very high chance or high very high probability that will be disabled, that's also irresponsible. So like it's a moral dilemma. Like I don't really know. Yeah, I think it's irresponsible. Yeah, cause I don't want to make them suffer. Yeah, I don't want to live. I don't want to make them live a life where they are like suffering most of the time. Intentionally brought them to the world. Yeah, I, I think it's true that you said like it's a moral dilemma because like, like we all know like everyone, every like living person deserves love, and like children are the like byproduct of that love, right? And like it can be seen as irresponsible, but like if you really want it, right? Then like. And you, you you just have to like prevent all the like all the bad circumstances from happening. I guess I still like believe that everyone should be able to love, uh, you know. Oh, because when I heard like when you asked that question, I was thinking about the people, the person's health itself. Like, will they be in pain for most of their lives? Then if they are, then I'm not gonna bring them to the world. Uh. I think I'm gonna abort them actually, because there are a lot of cases where uh, like doctors will inform them that. Or your your child has a high percentage of being disabled. Do you wanna keep them or what? Then like people I know, like personally, uh, they actually aborted them. Okay, like at first when I when I heard that right, when I was like a bit younger, I I didn't know I didn't know where my stand was about abortion and stuff. So I like kind of like why would you abort them? You know they are still alive. Like just because that's alive, it doesn't mean that it's gonna be a good life for them. So I guess my opinions have changed lah. Would I abort? No, I would like if I were to accidentally say <laughs> 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 and then the condom broke. <laughs> like his dong like accidentally slipped. <laughs> 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 Oops. <laughs> oh shit, I'm accidentally pregnant. Um would I abort? I think depends on what it is. What is a mild disability? I cannot even think of one, right? Blindness is not. Of course, you need to see, bro. What if like color blind, ah? Then abort. <laughs> oh shit! <my laughs> they got asthma. <laughs> oh shit! My my child's got asthma. I gotta abort it. <laughs> so do you lose respect for those families that intentionally bring disabled people to the world? I I definitely will judge them, ah. <laughs> like if you see a family of like dwarfs, 
I don't know. I feel like I still feel a bit judgmental towards them. Maybe I'm just ableist. Uh. You're a part of like the problem in society. No, but I'm not judging them for. I'm not hitting the children. I'm hitting the like the parents. Like, why would you do that to your own kid? That's what I'm thinking. If I have a dwarf classmate, I wouldn't treat them any different, lah. But I would like wonder, like, why do your parents do this to you? But maybe I'm wrong. I think dwarfs are more accepted now, right? Unless you're a child, lah, because I feel like children still don't understand. It's like society's fault, lah. If they, if parents don't educate their child not to laugh at people who have dis- disabilities, then that's on the parents already. That's on the r- irresponsible parents, you know, for not raising their child properly. I feel like. You know, if you want to abort, right, or like pull the plug, right, do it at the start, lah. And you want to like, how do I say, uh, continue like, you know, keeping the child. Make sure like you do your best, lah. You know, don't like give up halfway, cause like you really committed yourself to this. You know, it will be a hard choice, lah. But like, you you still, con- uh, you know, did it, lah. What if they were like out of your womb already? You know, and then they like five years old already. Ah shit, she facing too much bullying at school. Okay, okay, you come in the the one in the kitchen, you know, then you just take out a knife. Okay, abortion, abortion, murder. That was abortion, no murder. Straight out of murder. Yeah. So there's tic- this TikTok video, like it's viral on TikTok lah. So it's an interviewer, like street interview question. Yeah. So he asked people, what's the most uh, attractive race you find? So I was like, what the fuck is that question? <laughs> Isn't that like borderline racism though? It's not borderline at all, it's just straight up racism. I feel like it really depends on like what the what race uh, is the majority of the population. Like you see in America, right? Like uh, white guy white guys are handsome, white females are pretty. You know, it is the same everywhere I feel. But it's the majority that is the most attractive. You know, no one wants to be the minority, no one wants to be the minority. I find it problematic because like humans like I- in general like we are so focused in like our like race all these like things that separate us you know like they don't see like beyond they don't like zoom out and see that you know yeah like really like if you cut my skin I'll, and I'll bleed you know and cut your skin and you'll bleed it, it's the same it's really the same we all when we all pass away we, it's still the same we go to the same place and like People just like get so caught up in like trying to like separate themselves from others, you know. My my brother, he he's younger than me lah. He's like in sec one. He was facetiming his friend, and then his friends like just my preference lah. I will only date Chinese boys. I cannot like empathize or put my sh- myself in the shoes of people who prefer one race over the other. Like, I really cannot do that. Like, I cannot because I see people as people before I see their race. No, but I understand if it's like easier for you to date your own race because of like cultural difference and like religious difference. Oh, I understand. But in terms of like attractiveness, doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't sit right with me also. And also like people who have these racial preferences, they will say like it's not racist, but it's just my preference. I cannot help it. I feel like that's true. I I I cannot force you to like a race that you are naturally averse to, but you have to like unpack why you're naturally averse to that kind of race like why do you find these certain features in a person unattractive you know what do you think girls look for in guys i don't know this money is a huge topic eh, i feel yeah, that's true. right money is a huge topic status this type of thing yeah that's very true i will i will not go for broke guys yeah it's important to not like go for someone that's not gonna do well financially it's inevitable that like money 
yeah money is what we need to survive you know like if you don't have that uh, you don't have the bare minimum to even like you know live properly and like how as a female uh, this is what i would think uh, like how can i depend on a man that cannot like afford stuff for me or like if you have kids afford stuff for the whole family you know and like it's not selfish to think that you know women should like put money on top i guess um people would say that that is more of like the trend more leaning towards the traditional mindset because a lot of pervasive people right they think that it doesn't matter like i'm a woman i will work for myself i think it's up to what each individual wants i don't think there's a right or wrong to how you want your relationship with your partner to be or how you want to raise the family like as long as it's balanced and it's agreeable between two of the parties you know then i think it's okay like for me i think the dream is to just like stay at home like set up like uh you know freelance jobs and stuff because anyone wants another thing <laughs> not only like i feel like they look at money i feel like what they look for is like whether the man is how do i say is willing to like do well for himself i feel like a lot of females would think that men are more attractive when they are persevering yeah when they are determined to co- accomplish something in their life I think that's one of the important factors as well. Like money is just like the result of like that uh, perseverance, you know. Do you think guys find it important if a girl is driven? Uh, is a girl less attractive if she doesn't have any ambitions in life? I I think it depends. Uh. I I find it quite attractive because uh. like my 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 girlfriend right she was that has started a, like her own business and shit and like uh, I find it hot lah. <laughs> I I like I like it lah if like. Because I like to see like progress in others, it's natural for me to like uh, be proud of my uh, girlfriend. Like, like if you're lazy and you're just like a bum staying home doing nothing with your life, then that's obviously a turn off, right? I don't think anyone will find that attractive. Like if you're working for something you really want, or just like being a hardworking person in general, like that's attractive to everyone. It's a objective thing. I guess what makes a girl or a guy attractive is the same, yeah. Like there's no difference. You want someone who is driven and nurturing. Yeah, there is no escape if like you are lazy, right? Like there's no excuse. So you can be staying at home, right? And let let's say you are like uh, you like to play games, you know. Now, especially in this like like this era, right? There's so many opportunities. Like it's unavoidable to like try to pursue something. If you are really lazy, then honestly, just just fuck off, ah, because like you can earn money while playing games nowadays you know like you can stream you can do whatever you want like you can just stay at home you know that's fine you can be a couch potato but like there are a lot of ways to like uh progress you know especially nowadays uh. so like there's no excuse uh. but like talking about gamers who just sit down on their chair like a whole day right like a lot of people are doing that now and more people are doing that now they still have girlfriends eh? so like what are their girlfriends attracted to is it the money or what Maybe their father is a bum. Ah, you right, you right. But gamers are hardworking at the same time, right? Because you have to like rank up or whatever shit, right? So maybe girls are attracted to that. There's an aspect of being hardworking, I guess. Uh, so what do you think about our podcast, Shafat? I think it's good. Eh. It's like, was it? Cause from the like episode I listened to, right? It was it was good, lah. How do I say? words aren't like butchered like i can understand what y'all say clearly and like it makes sense like it's agreeable you know and like how do i say you don't force the idea that like 
oh, uh, my opinion is very correct, you know, like, you cannot disagree, so, like, you know, I feel like the viewers, the listeners can, like, you know, relate, and, you know, they are open to, like, if, like, a different, different opinion, like, occurs, lah. What do you think makes a podcast entertaining? I, I think it depends, uh, I feel like, e- like, each person, like, uh, attracts a form of, like, niche uh, market, you know, how do I say, like, let's say, like, there's a demographic, uh, so, like, depends on how you are, I feel like, most important thing is, like, be true to yourself, I guess, like, cause, like, if you are fake, right, then you will slip up and all this, then, like, people will start to realise, but, like, if you are true to yourself and you like what you do, then, peop- like, you will certainly attract a market that is the same, what I find entertaining, uh, like, learning about the world, I don't want to sound like, yeah, I, I like informative stuff. Uh. I feel like most of my, like, entertainment, like, videos, all this, like, is, like, more, like, towards uh, in- informative stuff. Same. I like criminal psychology. Um, podcasts, I like informative stuff, like the religion thing, the lectures. I like humor. Like, you made it weird, that one. That's nice. I like, yeah, I like humor, uh, like, Ethan, Ethan Klein, uh, Frenemies. For me, um, I I like podcasts that are not serious. They're like funny, they're entertaining. Uh, I feel like sometimes if it's too informative, I get bored. Yeah, I feel like I'm studying. I'm like listening to a lecture. So, what I wish for this podcast, I wish that <laughs> I wish that um we can balance like both informative and humor because I feel like our natural our default setting is to be um personal and to being opinionated, right? But yeah, la, I just want to like clarify like all our opinions on our podcast is we don't think that it's right, you know. It's just opinions. There's a huge similarity between fast fashion and luxury brands. What exactly is so prestigious about these um, high-end brands? Like, do you believe that everyone has a bit of like materialism in them? Buying stuff is not... Um, being materialistic, it is when you buy them excessively. A lot of things are disposable. Like we don't think about buying good quality things that sustain us. Like it's it's just easier and more convenient for you to buy like new cheap things. Like okay, if this doesn't work, I just throw it away. I can just buy a new one without thinking about the environmental impact. Things has been mass produced. It's so convenient just to get a new one. I think that's why people are more people buy things more now I am very guilty of those things I know there's ways that I can recycle paper like I can make my own paper but I don't make the effort to do it you know I can just easily go and buy paper yeah lor it's just like mass production has become very has made it very easy for us to just buy things easily especially in Singapore where you can just like order things you know or like you live very close to a mall which is like every neighbourhood ever also because we live in an era where technology is so advanced so we are very used to like getting what we want when we want it you know like immediately so our patience is very low we just cannot bear the thought of like getting things slower there's instant gratification like we don't we are not willing to wait to get what we want like we need to get the release of dopamine when we want it we cannot like wait for it like delayed gratification is something that I feel a lot of people will struggle with. Like there's this um false dopamine cycle where that's why you always scroll on 
social media, right? You're just waiting for the next dopamine release. That's why you keep scrolling for hours and hours. You don't want to do, let's say, your assignment, which will bring you happiness, but not immediately. It's a delayed gratification. You want happiness now. You want to feel happy now. That's why you keep procrastinating. Yeah, it's the same mindset why people buy unsustainable and low quality products because they want the dress now. They don't want to like save and you know wait until they can get like a proper good quality dress. For example, a lot of us like notice that you know we sometimes like sit somewhere and like we just look through and scroll scroll through our phones for like damn long without even noticing like the time and all that. And like it's a huge trap, you know. And like we build this trap for ourselves because like what you see that like uh, on Instagram or whatever that you like, you will like it, right? You and then. Uh, it will appear more like stuff like it will appear more and then like yeah the algorithm will like work uh, do its thing and like fuck you up you know right and then like you'll get fed the things you like again and again and like it's a trap and the problem with that is like yeah you get addicted and like you build up a resistance to the dopamine you know and like you need more dopamine and it's the same way with like you know uh, like drugs and like pornography uh. Yeah, and like, I'm a victim lah. <laughs> what matters is like, you should take like a step back and like, really try to like, curb all these like, problems. I'm actually like, really scared for the next generation because of the pornography thing. Because it's so accessible now. And like, kids have access to it at such a young age. I think it's super damaging. You know why I'm so scared? Because I like, fall into this Ted Bundy <laughs> rabbit hole. And like, he, Ted Bundy the serial killer. Yeah. Yeah, I watched it recently and he, wa- I was watching like, clips of him talking about himself and stuff like that and he said that he had a difficult childhood but it was his like tendencies and impulses really triggered when he was overexposed to pornography that was during the 70s now it's like way way more accessible it's why i'm like super like stringent on like what my younger brothers and sisters are consuming yeah and i think like the the new neo feminist movement where they're like empowering body agency in women is also like manipulating women to be more active in s- the sex industry like i understand how women should have body autonomy over like whether they on- whether or not they want to like take pictures of themselves and post to only fans but it also like i don't know there's like a sin like a pernicious effect on like young kids where they feel like now now they see their body as like a material asset like a monetary asset now like I don't know, it's just, it's so, something that doesn't sit right with me. I think um, what they are trying to do is by by encouraging women to post more of their, their body, right? They, they think that it's gonna immunize men. They think that it's not gonna like turn on men as much anymore. Because it will be normalized, but I think that's what their idea is. That's my theory lah. But in reality, we are all still human, what, you know? No matter like how normal exposing your body is online or whatever on the media men will still be like attracted to it so it's still damaging to young kids especially and i don't think it's now eh. i don't think it's now i think it's since our generation like the 2000s i think it got very accessible basically uh the year 2000 right uh 2007 was when like youtube came out and then like uh you know how like it's an entertainment platform and all that at the same time, you know, the porn site X videos came out as well, I think, or Pornhub. Uh, yeah, and it's the same type of like platform, you know, entertainment, just in different like ways, you know. And then like when those things like came out, and then like people like so hype about it, you know. Yeah, like it became more accessible, you know, for like to watch porn. Like back then, you like use magazines, 
or like you buy CDs and now you just have to use your phone like and a phone is like literally a part of everyone's body right now uh. you know like we use it like nobody's business uh. it is very scary uh, basically I, I'm, I'm actually afraid that like we have gone past uh, a line that we cannot like there's no going back you know like with the earth like with ourselves as a society and like the same like as I've said uh, the system that we have been building right for like everything we do in life will just collapse on ourselves you know that's why there's a lot of like civilizations that collapse on themselves because they are too impulsive and they like give in to temptation you know like like self-restraint is so important you know I think like right now like liberty and like freedom and self-expression is highly celebrated which is, a, which is a good thing you should be yourself but there's also a lack of emphasis on restraint I feel because restraint is just as good for, for yourself you know like being in control of yourself and your impulses that's just as important as expressing yourself and being yourself but you need a balance of both lah. What, what civilization though that collapse on themselves do you have like an example basically the minds just disappeared lah. like do you know about the Aztec pyramids yeah, like they were really smart. Like their maths, like were crazy. Uh. right? Technology was advanced for that era of time. Like very advanced, and suddenly they just disappeared. You know, like overnight. Like there was no trace. Same with ancient Egypt. Same with Mesopotamia. Yeah, as you said, I feel like really history will repeat itself again. Just that this time on a much larger scale because there's globalization, and like it's scary. Uh, basically. I just feel very upset that people are not being cautious. Like, how can how can we be in an era where information is so abundant, but we're the most ignorant people? Like, it's so ironic. And I I said this before, and I'll say it again. If like humans, if we suffer because of our own actions, we deserve it, ah. Because there's literally no reason. We are so privileged, seriously. Like sometimes I feel like I just want to be a monk and like fuck it, you know, like like put yeah live in the woods in the mountains i, I like the mountains uh, so like i'll preferably go to the mountains and then try to live a life of like serenity and like you know away from all this like technology uh, like, uh, and bullshit uh, basically and like uh, yeah yeah same but if i did that right then i wouldn't have like the platform or opportunities to help the world to make it better you know I don't really know what I want to do after I graduate uni but I feel like I don't want to devote my career adding adding on to the problem in status quo I want to do something about the issues yeah like my my favorite module that I'm studying for my degree is called complex emergencies and humanitarian responses so we talk about what's the best way to respond to humanitarian resources, uh, human c- complex emergencies. I feel like people who are like not involved in global crises and like issues in general, right, they do feel guilty. It's just that they value their own success more with the mindset that I want to take care of myself first. Yeah. I th- I think right. I I don't think it's narcissistic. I think it's really like stupidity. If I can say it plainly lah. No, I don't think that igno- ig- ignorant means you don't know. I think they know, but they don't want to do the right thing because they are selfish. And I it's because like 
like I said about the delayed gratification like even the even though they know that they should do the right thing because they want to feel happy now then they don't do it I wouldn't say it's narcissistic <laughs> narcissistic means like you only care you don't see other people as humans what but these people understand they understand that people are suffering and stuff like that but they just cannot help themselves lah yeah it's selfish but not narcissistic and like I said before, my the reason why I'm so environmentally concerned is because of selfishness. I want my the future generations of like my grandchildren and stuff like that to live in a world where it is not polluted. So I don't I think like even if we have like this innate selfishness in human beings, right? Without the proper knowledge and like without educating yourself and acknowledging the real facts of the world, then yeah, it's just stupid lah. Then you, I just feel upset. There, there are people who really, like, don't care about the environment. I don't. Yeah, you're just living life for themselves. Mm. But what what Shafaat say about like being a monk and stuff like that? I I think I fell into like a bit of depression when I I realized how fucked up the world was. I was like, why? D- yeah, like I feel like a uh, generation Z, right? The reason why we're so depressed and stuff like that is because we are we know how fucked up the world is. And it's really taking of effect to our mental health. And you know what exacerbates that, what worsens that is that we cannot do anything about it as children. At, at that time, we were children, right? Like when we first n- know about the world and stuff. And you know the world is fucked up and you cannot do anything about it. Of course, you will feel like shitty about yourself and the world lah in general. So I think it's important for us to to like know how how to help. Not only just about being knowledgeable, but knowing what to do with that knowledge because i feel like knowledge is not a means itself it's a means to an end if you have if you gain knowledge you ha- you should do something about it to improve systems around you what what do you think do you think like if the world is really fucked up should you be jaded and just like give up or should you just do what you can i think it's related to to um, our question about your purpose in life i think to me just do what you can you are already like you are living human being right in this world just be useful to the world and do something about it as even if it's as like little as possible just do something man probably the mindset of our previous generation like oh it's really fucked i'm not going to do anything about it so it just like continues and then it becomes worse and worse i feel like we should do something about it uh, definitely we, this is the place we live in you know this is like we are we derive from this uh the soil you know and like we build everything like our entire lives all of it on the soil and like the earth you know and like we just have to give back uh. yeah take a step back and give back uh, honestly we took too much yeah that is so true and it makes me think about what like personally what islam teaches me you have to take care of the animals the earth the environment because like mother earth has has given us so much so it's time that we give give back you know we are always taking and taking but never giving back that's the problem uh, in this world. European countries, I feel like, they are more um, environmentally conscious. They are more relaxed people. They have more time on their hands. They don't have the grind culture, you know, like us. We're always like rushing for something, our assignments and stuff. All of the videos that I watch, like upcycling things, right, it's always from Europe, you know, European cre- uh, TikTok creators and stuff. 
And also, I don't blame Singapore for having a kiasu culture because I think the reason why we have a kiasu culture is because in Singapore, right, our our economy is driven by human human capital, right? So we are literally driving the economy. We have to work. If not, our economy dies, right? For Europe, maybe they have other things to rely on. Singapore, we don't have. We like we are completely rely on people to work. But I think one good thing is that we take environmentalism seriously, like starting to. Thing is, the new generation, newer generation, that's like uh, opening up. There's this awakening going on, la, and like people are more like aware about like things that are going on. Yeah, like especially in the like recent years, because as a child, I didn't see all these campaigns about you know using metal straws and stuff. Like it was only about it, it was always about the three R's. That's all. That's all I knew. Like it only started surfacing. I think when I feel like it was like 2015. Then all like these metal straws came out. Then I'm um, like shops were like using releasing campaigns to and encouraging like the use of like paper bags and stuff. Like now we we have to like pay ten cents more right <laughs> for plastic bags. So I guess that's an effort lah. There's still like a large waste problem in Singapore and the recycling um, industry. I've always been like curious about waste management because it's like in a country that in now like things are being mass produced right where does the waste go like you throw your rubbish in a dustbin you, you, but it's not a vacuum you know like it has to go somewhere so i think waste like to tackle environmental issues right waste management is a huge part of it incineration plants so they get burned like most of it get burned then they get they get sent to the landfill like the ashes from the burning right will get sent to the landfill so um there's this huge problem lah going on in singapore where a lot like they are very worried about how fast the landfill is being filled up like the rate is faster than expected and we only have one that's why they are trying to encourage um because there's, there's like a hierarchy of waste management yeah so the first step the most favorite option uh, is to prevent your waste so that's why people are always like in hawker centers or like whatever right they always say like don't waste your food you know they, al- they are also like starting to have they're implementing like food digesters at hawker centers that can straight away like you can throw your food in there and then they will like make it into compostable um, resource for the like plants and stuff. So that's the first thing lah to like prevent like producing waste at all. That's why they always um, ask to like reuse your plastic bags and stuff. A second one is to minimize your waste. Like examples of minimizing is to not use plastic bags lah when you go out. You know, just like bring your own reusable bag. The most important thing is to like prevent waste. Ah. That's some knowledge for you guys. Yeah. So recently like Mothership posted on their Instagram and their website that Gucci was like alleged to sourcing cruelly killed lizards from like slaughterhouses in Indonesia. So this was like investigated by PETA. PETA for Hunger Games. So like it was seen that the workers were like dunking lizards into like pails and decapitating them lah. It made me think about like the difference between luxury brands and fast fashion like H and M and Shein. If they source things right, like if Gucci sources materials in this way right from like Indonesia, from the slums of Indonesia, then what? So like what's the difference? What is the point? It was mentioned that. You know, by cutting their heads off, they will still feel the pain for like about 30 minutes. There's this perception that luxury brands are more dignified than fast fashion, right? They do things with a higher standard and stuff like that. But 
so we have an ending question. So what is the meaning of life to you, or like what is your purpose of life, like your purpose in life? For me, I want to like acquire like a good uh, amount of money. You know, I want I don't want my death to be like meaningless. I hope to be able to like contribute to like society in a way like you know open something up like uh, make sure like you know uh, my legacy will last for like you know a few more years after I pass. Like I don't want to be like easily forgotten. Basically, I really want to make an impact. I want to like help the earth in some like in any way possible lah. But my philosophy of life is right is basically to always like improve on yourself lah. I feel like that's why we are we are sent here. Like you know, is to improve yourself and like at the end of the day, you will by improving yourself improve others as well. So basically, you don't want to be. You don't want to fall into oblivion, lah. You want to be remembered for something. So I also agree about like improving yourself. I say like if you m- make the same mistakes over and over again and you don't improve on the lessons that you learn, you're wasting time, lah. I don't know why wasting time is such a huge bother to me. I think it's because I value my life, yeah, and I want to make the most out of my life, yeah. Because time is so precious and it will go by very quickly. And if you feel like at the end of your life, you feel like you didn't do anything. No, obviously you have the mind, you have the thought of wow, then wasted sia, my life. I wasted all my time doing nothing. To me, it's very religious. Like my answer is to devote yourself to God. That's my purpose in life, lah. Yeah, that's a very simple answer. What's the solution for like, stopping buying luxury brands? Actually, me and Ashura discussed it before. Like then we were like, actually, there's no solution. Because people who want to buy luxury brands is to show off the brand, what, right? If they buy something similar from a sustainable uh, company and it looks the same as like a Gucci product, right? It would still not satisfy their, their desire of wanting to make a good impression on people. So there's really no solution to it except taking importance in being humble and like knowing that it really doesn't freaking matter. Uh, I think it's like everywhere, la, like uh, in consumerism, like what is that? It depends. Like you need to know why you want to buy the thing. Cause like what's that? Uh, what that item brings you, right? Is like a uh, fulfillment of like some desire that you have. Like uh, you know, let's say if I want to uh, buy a Gucci bag or what, like it gives me that sense of like status. Like you have to like. Focus and like you know, think about like the actual like fundamentals of like why you bought that item. You know, it really shows how much uh, you cannot compensate in your own life for like that desire. Besides having that item that you associate it with, I think that's why a lot of people like fall into the trap of like always chasing stuff. I guess the reason why it irks me why people chase luxury items, right? It's because I feel like. The reason why people look up to people who wear Gucci and Louis Vuitton is because it's an indicator that you are successful in your career. You are successful in a career and there's an implication that you are doing something valuable and useful to society. If you earn a lot of money, by right, you are doing something good for society right, and the economy. So I guess that's why people look up to people who have luxury items. Lah. But if you are chasing it just to have that item, right, then you don't actually have the income that reflects that you're doing something good for the economy. You know, it's fake. You're like deceiving people that you are an uh, important person. That's why I think that's what irks me. It's like you're lying to people. Like people who like use their daddy's money to buy ri- like good stuff. Why are you looking up to these people, bruh? It shouldn't be admirable because that just makes you like a freaking shallow person. I think like I'm the type to like 
no matter the brand right if i like it i, I like it I, I, I would want to have it lah yeah depends on the look or like depends on what the like the feeling i get from having that item the feeling i will i get yeah that that's what i think uh, luxurious or not uh. so we have an ending question so what is the meaning of life to you or like what is your purpose of life like your purpose in life for me i want to like acquire like a good uh, amount of money you know i don't i don't want my death to be like meaningless i hope to be able to like contribute to like society in a way like you know open something up like uh make sure like you know uh, my legacy will last for like you know a few more years after i pass like i don't want to be like easily forgotten basically i really want to make an impact i want to like help the earth in some like in any way possible lah but my philosophy of life is right is basically to always like improve on yourself lah i feel like that's why we are we are sent here like you know is to improve yourself and like at the end of the day you will by improving yourself improve others as well so basically you don't want to be you don't want to fall into oblivion lah you want to be remembered for something this is the end of the podcast podcast 8 hashtag #8 um thank you for listening to us thank you shafaat for uh yeah for being here oh, thank you for having me yeah haven't seen this guy in like uh, 10 years okay Oh yeah, before this episode ends, we just want to say that we're sorry for not posting for quite some time now. And there will be changes to our schedule of our posting. From this episode onwards, it's going to be bi-weekly. So the next time you're going to hear from us again is in the next two weeks. See you next week, guys. Bye!